This is Fearless Beauties, a podcast dedicated to developing voices of color in the beauty industry. We are talking to estheticians, skin specialists, and business owners to uncover best skin practices, tactical career tips, and ultimately, how we can create a better beauty industry together. I'm your host, Taylor Phillips. And I'm your other co-host, Alina Velez. Welcome to the latest episode of the Fearless Beauties podcast. Welcome to season three, episode 11 of the Fearless Beauties podcast. My name is Taylor, also known as Taylor Budgets. My name's Alina, your certified advanced esthetician. So today, this episode, we are discussing the new face of retail. So we are going to explore the recent scandals surrounding major brands like Abercrombie and Fitch and Victoria's Secret. So we are going to dive on in because, child, there's some tea. <laughs> it's juicy. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? We were talking before this. I didn't even know this was this was going on when it was going no. on. I didn't. Um, I don't know so, if I was out of the loop. Don't watch enough TV. Yeah. I definitely don't watch the news. Or who knows? Maybe it was just so hush-hush that, I mean. I don't know. You know, sometimes yeah. these sli- these things slip under the rug with no one really, right. really knowing. But we've all heard of Victoria's Secret, right? A cultural phenomenon. But it had a rise and fall. I didn't realize that when all of the Jeffrey Epstein things were going on, he was tied to Victoria's Secret, actually, Mm -hmm. um, because he was grooming uh, some of the angels. I mean, Victoria's Secret, as we know it, has always been like kind of like a sex symbol. Over-sexualized. Yes, exactly Mm -hmm. what I was trying to say. Mm -hmm. Um, And they always had like a one and done type of look at women and uh exclusive exclusive that's a great Mm -hmm. word Mm -hmm. it's just crazy because i was doing some research and you know victoria's secret was built of all male leaders Mm -hmm. so they were male leaders telling us consumers what is beautiful what a beautiful woman looks like. Skinny, tall, lean, ribs showing. You had mentioned um, how it kind of starts young, and it does. And that's actually why they started a junior market, like a tween girl brand, Pink, to really target that younger market and using that same hypersexual approach. And it's crazy. So I read this article and it was saying how I don't watch like the catwalks and stuff, but apparently there was a a catwalk of pink segments and um, young models were walking down the runway in erotic schoolgirl outfits and big lollipops and kids like stuffed toys. Mm-hmm. And it just makes me think of the Balenciaga thing that just popped off. Which Hyper-sexualized. is what? Oh, girl. I oh, told you I don't listen to Man. Okay, so Balenciaga just got in trouble, for lack of a better word, whatever. But they had this campaign come out and they um, 
it was so ugly. I don't even like to think about it. Just these young kids sexualized with teddy bears. And it was like bloody and nasty. And they had like, what is it called? BDSM or whatever, like whips and chains. It was just, it was nasty. It was young kids. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm looking at it now. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's real ugly. It was like satanic Loki. Anyway, moving on. Um, I just feel like when you are going after children, it's it's a different ball game. Moving on, it was interesting because uh, Victoria's Secret they had a quote unquote collective rebirth, um, <laughs> where <laughs> they did a full rebrand. They're now an inclusive VS collective. Have you seen any of that? You know, I don't really shop at Victoria's Secret, if I'm being completely honest. I haven't for years. So, no, I haven't. Have you? And I meant to ask you when you were talking about pink, were you ever able to purchase that when you were younger? No. I remember, like, the pink sweats being really popular where it said, like, pink on the butt. And um, I would, I was, my mom would have literally slapped me into 2038. <laughs> They're like $70 I, sweats. <laughs> right. But it was the underwear for her. Oh, like yeah. why why is my child wearing boy shorts? Yeah. I don't think she let me wear them until like maybe ninth grade. Yeah. And that's appropriate in my opinion. Sure. Because child of course <laughs> Sometimes when I see like when I'm driving by a high school and they're just letting out the clothes that these girls wear now. And I know I I sound so old, but the clothes (laughs) that these girls wear now, I'm like, that is not how high schoolers looked when I was in high school. Everything's cropped and the shorter, the better. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, The thongs. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that's just because when I was growing up, if you went to Victoria's Secret, you were grown. Like if your parents let you go and shop at Victoria's Secret, one, you had money. And two, and sometimes the girls were buying Victoria's Secret just because they were having sexual relations. Yeah, absolutely. And they that's were a because, little fast. Right. And that's because Victoria's Secret <laughs> yeah. over-sexualized their products, even down to pink. They Just because you, it's big, bold letters or whatever doesn't mean that pink has thongs. So why are you having teenagers with thongs? Uh, that's just me. Maybe I just sound yeah. old. but No, I think, you know, because people wear them to be seen, mm-hmm. you know, especially when they're cute and sexy. It's like, oh, yeah, you wear that kind of stuff to, to be seen, I think. But as you as you mature, you grow up. Mm-hmm. You learn to appreciate you don't need somebody else to see you in that. It just makes you feel good. So I'm not right. I'm not discrediting how Definitely lingerie not. can make a woman feel good. Yes. So not what I'm trying to say at all. But when you're 10, 11, 12, right. wearing thongs, like, sorry. <laughs> no, and that's what I'm saying. They, they were in high school, not sorry, middle school, probably mm-hmm. ninth grade, where yeah. I saw some of my friends wearing thongs and my mom. Now, I didn't even want to wear them. My mom was like, it just doesn't seem like they're wearing thongs for themselves because Mm -hmm. one, thongs thongs are uncomfortable. That's just my opinion. I'm like, why are you wearing them? Um, (laughs) True. Two, it just seemed like you were purchasing them for someone else, not for yourself. So like you Mm -hmm. mentioned, I'm all for loving on oneself and Mm -hmm. 
buying yourself nice lingerie for you because you want to do it. Right. But if it's for someone else, especially at such a young age, mm-hmm. it's it's very unhealthy. And I even saw in the research that Victoria's Secret, they did not want sleepwear. They didn't want anything that covered up the body. <laughs> they wanted strictly lingerie. Like they would turn down certain ideas because mm-hmm. it wasn't the multi-million dollar fantasy of womanhood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's it's not what men want to see. Yep. Yep. The, yeah, they were selling a fantasy. They were not selling real life. And I think so much of um, people our age, especially, really, that's all I can speak to. But, um, you know, we saw these things growing up and it does it does do something to you mentally in terms of um, what what is beautiful, being tall and thin and toned with large breasts. And that's beautiful. Um, but and you as didn't we know, see many people, you didn't see many women of color. Also. Right. Right. So true. So true. I definitely never saw a, a black Victoria's Secret model. Well, uh, Naomi Tara Campbell, Banks. huh? Naomi Tara Banks, Campbell. right? Yeah. Yeah. But they yeah, were popular. Was, right. It's like they put them in just to say, hey, we're inclusive. Yeah. Check the and box. Then, <laughs> right. And then mm-hmm. they also turned down plus size lines. Mm-hmm. I saw that in the research as well. They turned down plus size lines. And it's like they they literally were just sticking to what the, the male CEOs of Victoria's Secret wanted. Right. Yeah. Feels like we are headed in the right direction as far as, um, you know, inclusivity and body representation. So there was a um, Victoria's Secret Angels and Demons. So it was a a Hulu documentary. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And they interviewed with former employees and executives, including two past CEOs. And they also interviewed former angels. So those who were once models. And many of the interviewees had a lot to say about how Victoria's Secret pushed the unrealistic body standards to where even the angels struggled to keep up with those standards. So they would not eat. They would exercise constantly. So you would say they're athletic built, probably because they were working out and not eating. Just to stick to that... I'm not going to even say culture, but probably is that that Victoria's Secret. Toxic culture. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. this is how we want you to look. If you cannot look this way, you are no longer an angel. Which is so crazy that they call them angels. Gosh. (laughs) How ironic. It goes to show you that what's shown on the outside is not what what always is. And we've said this so many times especially about social media. Like what you see on social media is not always the truth. Like even down to like the happy couples or whatever you see, there's always something going on behind the scenes. Not saying that there's always something negative, but you will never know the true story because you are not the person posting. Mm -hmm. Um, So. And it's funny. I don't know why this popped into my mind when you said that, but like I had seen this meme one time that was like, I updated my status uh, to sad and somebody reached out and was like, um, 
just assume that it was like a relationship thing. She's like, no, I'm sad because I need a million dollars. Like, you know, like we just right. assume. Yes. We just, yeah, we just assume. <laughs> and you just can't. Yeah. But despite the fact that Victoria's Secret is attempting to rebrand itself, at least, um, there are um, some really powerhouse inclusive brands like Airy, Third Love and Parade um, that are really taking charge of inclusivity and diversity. So that's pretty cool. Isn't Airy in Target? I Did thought I'm Airy sure. was like Aeropostale. Oh, but like I think it's A E R I E. I could be wrong. I think it's A-E-R-I-E. Yeah, that's how you spell it. Yeah. Um, I swear I've seen it at Target, but probably not. Girl, you would know. You love Target. I love Target. I do, too. I can't even lie. Love it. um, Another kind of legendary... Like brand from the from the past growing up, Abercrombie and Fitch. There's also a documentary mm-hmm. um, on this one too, which I haven't seen yet. But Child, I didn't even know it existed. It's on <laughs> Netflix. Yeah, so I didn't I even know watch either. it. I have no excuse. I, I'm gonna watch it too. Um, <laughs> but they had some serious uh, toxicity in the workplace. There, they had denied to hire a Muslim woman. Um, who wore a hijab um, to her mm-hmm. work practice and very controversial. And yes, no, they ended up owning up to it and came out with a statement. But yeah, not a first for them either. So crazy. Mm-hmm. So there was this article that highlighted three important takeaways from this documentary, basically for those CEOs and corporate leaders just advice on how to manage a workplace. So we just wanted to, let's just highlight a few of them, shall we? So the first one is owning past mistakes. So just like you mentioned about the Muslim woman, Samantha Eloff, hopefully I'm saying her name right. She wore a hijab to, well, she wore a hijab period and they wouldn't hire her because of her religious practice. Um, and they went to court. They did the whole, they did the whole thing, which I think is absolutely, absolutely great. But did they own up to it? No. Well, not until later. Uh, the CEO. Yeah. He came out with a statement that said, um, the recently released documentary is not uh, reflective of who we are now. We own and validate that there were exclusionary and inappropriate actions under former leadership. So they're under new leadership. Let's hope that they are truly making changes. Second thing we can learn. Second lesson is um, leadership accountability is vital. What I took from this is that companies need to make change in management and prioritize representation. They need to implement new policies, make sure that size range and product range, you know, colors, all that stuff is um, is reflective of inclusivity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So just inclusion, diversity, equity belonging, making sure that everyone can see themselves in your brand. So uh, you were talking about leadership accountability. It's vital. I remember when I was younger and I saw Abercrombie and Fritch 
I can never even say their their, their <laughs> name. Let's get that out the way. Their name is Tabuji. <laughs> Abercrombie yeah. and Fitch. But also, like, even Aeropostale, I could not see myself in their brand. And the only reason why people purchased it was because of the name, because it was expensive. And if you had it, that means you had money. And honestly, when I did wear their stuff, I could never fit it because my body type could not fit their clothing. It's like sometimes when you buy stuff from China, you're like, child, what did I think right, I'm behind right. this? <laughs> they just have a different size chart. And I felt like Abercrombie and Fitch and even Aeropostale had their own size chart. They were not inclusive at all. Mm-hmm. I only saw Caucasian Americans wearing their clothing. Yeah. Period. I yep. never saw African American, Hispanic. Indian American, I never, like Asian American, like South Indian, I never saw anyone else wearing their clothing. And then I read that goes to prove that something in the research, it said that in 2005, we're just going to say A&F, A&F, they settled a class action lawsuit based on a discriminatory look policy that was in place which may allege showed preference to white male job applicants. Basically saying like their look, quote unquote, was of white male job applicants. And that was true. Like it was the whole khakis and the um, double collar shirts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Certain colors. It's like it it didn't appeal to anyone else. But But a very cookie cutter person very cookie cutter shopper right Mm -hmm. so yes that makes sense that they are now working on becoming more inclusive improving that everyone belongs but honestly does everyone belong to a and f no no not until they get their sizing right if their sizing is still the same it's an absolute no because a lot of cultures have hips and boobs and we just can't fit your clothes. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Sorry, not sorry. Yes. Yes. So true. So number three, discrimination is no longer sustainable. So they have had too many instances of discriminatory behavior mm-hmm. from their look policy, like we just mentioned, their CEOs, their leadership, they're just decisions overall. They are very yes. exclusive. It's not a sustainable practice. Like refusing to evolve will no longer be an option. Somewhere in the article I was reading, um, I think that uh, Amber Crombie and Fitch was founded like in the 18... Mm, makes sense. Y'all, 18... All you had to do was say 18... 1800s, I think. Am I tripping or did it really say that? I think I that? did see 1815, I think. And so imagine how different things were back then. Mm-hmm. I mean, come I'm on. Sorry. You got to catch up to the times. 1892. Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they're stuck in the past. You got Definitely. some catching up to do. But the fashion industry has called for diversity. Has it really changed? Has it what do you what do you think? Um, I think it has. I mean, I'm one like I've never understood. I've never understood. And they this may be going down the rabbit hole, but I never understood 
fashion shows because mm-hmm. the clothes in these fashion shows, you won't catch anyone wearing them. In real life, like, yeah. Why are they wearing them? Yeah. <laughs> and if they wear them, people going to be like, what the heck are they wearing? Uh-huh. They yeah. going to the store and they just wearing yeah. some like... So I feel like the fashion industry needs to do better with coming out with everyday clothing that is also fashionable sure on their runways Mm -hmm. so that people can actually watch it and actually say like oh let me go to that website and buy that because i'm going to an event yeah i'm not going to (laughs) like the only places you can wear that is at a event in london or dubai Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. you know it's just it's just bougie yeah, yeah. For I sure. never understood like New York Fashion Week and these clothes that are beautiful, mm-hmm. but I can't wear it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so can you please make things, fashion industry, that I can wear on a daily basis? Yes, please. <laughs> Thank you. That's what I have to say. So yes, it oh has changed. Gosh. Like so true. I've, yeah, it definitely has changed. Yes. But when I think in the last episode, especially just because it's fresh on my mind, um, Gen Z alone has, you know, um, made such changed. a huge difference. Yeah, mm-hmm. such a game. huge change. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we are making a difference. But, you know, we want to keep companies accountable um, for um, when they said that they wanted to be more inclusive. And so I was reading this article and it was talking about how. Um, a bunch of companies were making it a first, like galore of first taking place, right? So um, the focus for many leading the conversation of inclusivity, um, we want to know in 2025, are brands still putting forth effort towards diversity? Like, are you fizzling or are you um, still pushing the needle forward? Does that make sense? Right. Yes, it does. We just need to hold these companies accountable and make sure that, you know, back in 2020 when they said, oh, we want to be a brand of inclusivity. And and, you know, well, are you was it just for the time being because it was cool at the time and everybody was doing it or, you know, come 2025? Is it is that authentic? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I I just also want to see creatives of color. um, Mm hmm a plus size fashion, more of it, because I know it's here, but just more of it. And I just want, I just don't want there to be any, any barriers. I just feel like there doesn't have to be a LGBTQIA space or Mm -hmm. a plus size space. I feel like every brand should offer everything. Yeah. Will we ever get there? I do not know. But that's how I think it should be, because what if someone likes one brand, but they don't offer what they, mm-hmm. you know, so. Yeah, we need to widen our options. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It feels like it's like a big onion that we're like peeling layers off and peeling Definitely. layers off. You know, it's a slow process, but um, one and other thing burns. I wanted to. Yes, it, it does. <laughs> so true. Last thing I'm going to say from this article, it says um, diversity and inclusion in an industry that has built its notoriety on being luxuriously exclusive is difficult, especially for young people. Mm -hmm. So that's like what I was talking about, the fashion shows. Yeah. Like, where can I find this? Right. Crazy. 
Child. <laughs> well, like you said, we're onion, and I feel like even from season one to this podcast, season three, we've always been saying like it's here. It just needs to be better. Like it's starting right. to change, but it just needs to change more. Mm-hmm. And it just takes like a cultural shift in attitude. Exactly. And like love for all people. And honestly, mm-hmm. we live in a suckish, suckish, suckish society. If I were to mm. say it, it's just suckish because yeah. people hating people and just, it's just too much. That's why I don't watch the news. I don't mm-hmm. watch the news yeah. because it's just too much hate and too much destruction. Mm-hmm. And we can't. I don't blame you. We can't move anything forward if this keeps happening. So we just yeah, keep the conversations going. Keep talking right. about it. Keep it front of mind. Yeah, absolutely. So that is. You have anything else to say, girl? No, I think yeah. that's the new that's the new face of retail. <laughs> <laughs> we pretty much hit the nail on the head on this yeah. episode. Hope you all enjoyed it. Thank you so much for listening. And I don't think we ever say this enough, but please leave a review. We would love to know what you think. Leave a rating, five star preferably. <laughs> <laughs> Just so that all these podcast organizations and such can push our our podcast to the home pages yes yes please it helps us yeah so thank you all so much you can find us on all platforms at fearless beauties you can find me at taylor budgets and you can find me on instagram at true skin lab okay we will see you in episode 12 take care bye